Tim, we are back with another season of the Niagara Sports Hub. Just, I, I, just, I don't want to confuse anybody out there that this is part of the Appetite for Construction podcast, but on Fridays we lighten it up, talk sports with Mike Fisher, and uh, we're sponsored by Niagara, so we thank them. But I uh, just want to get that out of the way first. Tim, how you doing today? I am doing great. Uh, unfortunately, my Rams shit the bed last night, and that's not the good way to start the season <gasps> after you've just won a Super Bowl. Well, I also think it's a good way to start the broadcast with the swear word. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, we, we were on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and we were told that that's in the plumbing industry, that is actually a term that's used because it's a business term. It's true. It's kind of like Jerry Jones here in Dallas with the Cowboys uses the term glory hole. Oh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just an oil and gas slogan. It's just an oil and gas. It is. Concept. It is. That's right. Yeah. Mike Fisher, how are you and how was your summer? Uh, outstanding. Um, obviously, it was it was go, go, go football with what we do with our Sports Illustrated projects where uh, I run uh, the Dallas Cowboys Sports Illustrated site, CowboysSI.com. But we're also involved in um, a number of NFL sites, including your Ram site. So, for instance, if you Google Rams SI, you will find uh, incredible coverage of the Rams. Same thing with Bills SI, uh, Falcons, Texans, Patriots. So um, on and on and on, we've got you covered. But yeah, the Rams thing last night was not shocking to me. I, I picked Buffalo to win and to score a lot of points. A- and my reasoning was, in terms of weaponry, the Rams are two guys short from they were were a year ago. And the Bills are two guys up from where they were a year ago. And I think you saw that. That doesn't mean the Rams are doomed, but they had they had one guy on offense, Cooper Cup, and nobody else did anything. Meanwhile, the Bills had five guys on offense, and outside of a fumble and a botched catch, they did everything. Well, I was listening to uh, sports radio last night, and it was the same station that gave me this hard-hitting nugget over the summer that said that, if Aaron Rodgers got hurt, the Packers might not win as many games. So just let that sink in. Well, it's uh, going to be a lot of pressure for this show to try to live up <laughs> to the insight that you get from uh, your normal uh, mainstream media program, but we'll do our best. But they did mention the fact that, it, you know, was it going to be a shootout or was it going to be a defensive battle last night? And they said, well, you know, it's it's the first game of the year, so things are going to be a little disjointed. So I don't see a high-scoring game, and I kind of disagreed. Like, if you want to play a team like the Rams as a great defense, I think week one would be the, the week to do it. Well, I go back to something that uh, the coach said at halftime of the game, the former Colts coach, Buccaneers coach, Tony Dungy. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, maybe this is the coach and me talking, but this proves that – these coaches need to play their starters in the preseason. Yeah. Because there was mistakes. And I'm going, I know why you think that, Tony, because you were taught that 60 years ago. Yeah. But that's baloney. The idea that Isaiah McKenzie had a ball bounce out of his hands because he didn't run two routes in the third preseason game, that that would have solved it is versus the risk reward. Matthew Stafford threw an interception because he didn't play in the preseason. So you would have him play in the preseason and get his head knocked off. Well, then he wouldn't be playing in the regular season. Uh, the, these coaches that that still are still operating like it's 1959. Tim, go tackle a tree. Exactly. If you want to play for me? 
Why, coach? You don't ask me why. You just go tackle a tree, which is what you did when we were 10 years old. They don't do that anymore. They're too smart. And the smart coaches don't make them do it. Well, not that this isn't a news alert, but Josh Allen is just really good. And I do rumors of preseason MVP this season. I, I If he plays like that all year, he's a runaway MVP. It's so funny. If, if we're saying that Matthew Stafford should have played in the preseason so he could get the rust off, why didn't Josh Allen have to play more in the preseason so he could get the rust off? My feeling is that if all the smart teams do it the same way, and if you have a valuable quarterback, this is mostly, usually the way you do it, then the water level is the same in week one. The Rams will have the same amount of rust as the Bills. The Cowboys will have the same amount of rust as the Bucks. And so the smart coaches aren't getting any advantage by playing. Now, Tom Brady did play in the preseason, which I thought was insane. Of course, then he took 11 days off to go get in a fight with his wife. This idea that there's a magical answer by having Dak Prescott hand the ball off three times to Ezekiel Elliott uh, at some point in August, and that'll fix everything in September, uh, is completely illogical. Well, I will say that uh, if... Josh Allen does the QB option where he keeps the ball and runs straight up the middle and gets, you know, hammered by three yeah. linebackers. He's not going to be quarterbacking much longer. And, you know, he he is like a tight end out there. I mean, he's built like a tight end. But, yeah, you're and you're alluding to a specific play where, like, three Rams said, oh, really? You're, you're going to run the, the read option and you're going to – and you're going to keep it instead of giving it to Singletary – one of us is going to grab your ankles. One's going to grab your waist. And then a third guy is going to come and try to blast you. And yeah, I think it's nice. You know, we deal with this, this in Dallas with Dak Prescott. I think it's a, a great scary option against a defense that we can run a read option, that my offense can run that. Um, it, it gives you one more thing to defend. Having said that, Robert Griffin III isn't in this league anymore because of that kind of stuff. He just got broken in half. I'm always afraid for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, who's the best athlete on the field and the best running back on the field. But if he goes down, they're lost. So, so on the one hand, I don't want to take that away from my offense. On the other hand, I do want to measure risk reward. And I think the Bills may have discovered last night, they don't really need him to run that much. They, they, could, they could have him be a pocket passer and be just fine. Before we get away from this last night's game, I do want a quick take from you on seeing Odell Beckham Jr. on the sideline. The Rams need some deep threats. They, they're they limited on offense, as we saw last night. Is Odell in their plans? Well, yes, but he's also in the Bills' plans, and I think he's having fun with that tug of war. Uh, he's there rooting for both teams, in a way, even though he's wearing his Rams Super Bowl ring. But what we have to remember about the why hasn't anybody signed Odell, he's still rehabbing from his ACL and probably won't be ready until December. So the Rams need help at wide receiver. Well, they need help now, not in December. I don't know why. I'm not sure what the Bills thinking is, except, you know, more weapons are more weapons. His family would love him to play for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's a lovely concept, except the Dallas Cowboys need help Sunday night against Bucks. They, They might not need help in December. And so there he sits. What's funny is he could conceivably wait until he sees which of his two favorite teams, the Rams or the Bills, are more likely to go places. He doesn't have to sign this week. He could sign in December if he wanted to and sign with the team that uh, is by that time, you know, 11 and one or whatever it would be. And by the way, that might be the Bills. 
Yeah, another guy that um, was basically rooting for both sides was Von Miller. And I, I just, every time I think that guy's lost a step, he just, he's so good. He is yeah. so good. Um, there's some people that have developed in their minds the idea that he has a reputation for he plays when he wants to, but he seems like he wants to a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you get to be, is he, what is he, 33 maybe? 32 is what, something like that. Dallas uh, area native, by the way. If you get to the point where you're one of the great sack artists of all time, but you pick your spots, and, and it seemed to be working for him. The Rams obviously could have used him, and they tried to keep him. He wanted to come to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys offered him, contrary to what a lot of people understand, they offered him $14 million a year. There was nothing embarrassing about what the Cowboys tried to do, and he wanted to come here. This was his first pick. But then the Bills offered him $17 million a year. Uh, and six years. Now, I don't know how much of that is, you know, I don't think he's playing six more years, but what an incredible force. There's one sack last night uh, that he has on Stafford where somehow he ducks under the armpit of not one, but two blockers. I've never seen that before. Somebody was calling it the ghost move. Like he just became invisible somehow and just like snuck right through your body. Uh, he, he remains an incredible talent. And, and just another great name on that Bills roster. Well, Mike, you're uh, located down in Dallas. You do a great job covering the team. You have your, you know, your ears to the ground, uh, the pulse of the, of the team. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. What, what's the, Tim? You were J- JP, you know, he even has a room in the owner's house. You know that, right? Um, it, almost. But I have room in my house that I can, I can look almost across the street and see uh, Jerry's, the, the house that Jerry built, which is the star in Frisco. And that'll have oh, to nice. do. Yeah. Um, the big story right now in Dallas, of course, th- that's being misunderstood is Dak Prescott injured the ankle and it's the same ankle from two years ago. And it, it, it is the same ankle. And because it's called the injury list and he's on it, I do understand the misunderstanding, but I think some people frankly are clickbaiting and trying to make this more than it is. He wears a different cleat every week. He changes cleats every week. Not that unusual. Basketball players, of course, change them every game, as you know, change their shoes every game. Of course, that's because they run 10 miles every night. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Dak does this, but so he's basically breaking in a new shoe every week. That seems like a bad idea to me, but whatever. Yeah. In this case, the shoe he was breaking in had a slightly different cut to it, just shaped a little different. And it caused discomfort in his right ankle, which is the surgically repaired ankle. So after practice, yes, he was limited because officially, but he basically said it's the equivalent of, I have a hangnail in my ankle. That's how nothing it is, but he missed part of practice. And so he goes, if you don't put that on the injury list, they'll fine you, they'll suspend you, they'll kick you out of the league, ha ha ha. And so that's why he ended up on the list. Here it is Friday and he will practice, I'm sure fully today and probably go back to Jordan 1's uh, the ones that he's familiar with, and we won't have this problem again. Then he'll only have to deal with the problem of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Well, Jason Peters was recently signed by Dallas. The The Bears hired his services last year for a year. He's 40 years old, which tells me that maybe there's a, a little problem with the offensive line in Dallas. Yeah, they're going to start the rookie first-rounder, Tyler Smith, uh, at left tackle. He's going to be good, yeah. but there's going to be growing pains here. Uh, 
And of course, Tyron Smith, the future Hall of Fame left tackle, is out, I say, for the year. The Cowboys say, we'll see you in December. We shall see. We haven't talked about this. His injury, and it just had, he just, he was running down the field during a play in practice and he fell to the ground and it just looked horrible. His hamstring muscle tore off his knee bone. And so you go in there and he had surgery right away and you go in there and staple it together and that's the fix. And he's going to be back in three months. I, 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 I'm not seeing it. So they go and recruit uh, the great uh, Jason Peters uh, again, um, 17 years or something in the NFL, uh, nine time pro bowler, six time all pro Philadelphia Eagles. Great. Who was, I'm sure you'll agree. Good last year for the bears. You know, he, he wants to go chase a ring, which is great. He's from Texas. So there's a marriage there. Um, he won't be active this week. He won't play for the next couple of weeks as he ramps up. He is 40. And by the way, for anybody that thinks, yeah, I, he looks like he slimmed up. There's a picture of him where it looks like he trimmed his beard. His beard is slimmed up. He's still shaped like a, not even a refrigerator. He's shaped like a dishwasher. Like refrigerator has some length. He is square. He is a human square. He's 6'4", got to be 340, um, athletic. But one of the connections here is, you, you know where he went to college, right? I do not, Tim. Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Where Jerry Jones is the most powerful dog in history. So they've known each other for years. Jerry, by the way, will remind you when he, his junior year in college at Arkansas, Peters, who was at the time, you know, 6'4", 280 pound, played tight end and was running around, was running around, running routes at 6'4", 280. So he's athletic. He will help. Eventually, maybe he starts, but certainly he's a huge upgrade in a couple of weeks at swing tackle, which which is where the hole is. I know you'll be excited to know that uh, Tim's fantasy team drafted oh, yeah. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. Other than C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, who does Dak Prescott throw to? First of all, and I know you guys know this, and <laughs> you, the listener, will, I'm sure, agree. There is nothing more boring <laughs> than hearing some guy talk about his fantasy team. In fact, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at Fish Sports, and people have finally quit doing this. Fish, here's my fantasy draft. What do you think of it? I used to say, I, I, I don't think of it. I don't care. Uh, now I don't respond at all, and so now I don't get it. Here's the three things. This is uh, now I've been in radio and media, of course, but I've been doing this for 40 years, so I have three lessons for us in media, radio, and otherwise. Things that the audience does not want to hear us tell stories about. Thing number one. Boy, when I was in junior high, I almost <laughs> made out with that cheerleader girl. Yeah. Thing number two. You should have seen the shot I made on the fifth pole. I almost made a hole in. And thing number three, my fantasy team. I got yeah. Josh Allen and Cooper. I don't care. I care about my fantasy team. I don't care about your fantasy team. There is no interesting story about your fantasy team. But in real football, yeah, CeeDee Lamb's going to get a million targets. I think CeeDee Lamb might lead the NFL in targets. And I almost guarantee that Dalton Schultz will lead tight ends in targets. And the answer to, and then who's next is, I don't know. Uh, they've got the rookie Jalen Tolbert, the third round pick. Okay. We'll see. Uh, Michael Gallup, not ready yet. Maybe week three. Michael Gallup can be, he's a legitimate NFL starting wide receiver. That can be an answer when he's healthy. Uh, they've got a guy named Simi Fahoko, who is big and long and fast. Well, and they told him uh, gain gain ten pounds. So he's like six four, two thirty, playing wide receiver. 
maybe. Uh, and then Noah Brown, who uh, is an old Ohio State guy, it seems like Noah Brown is like, like has been here for 20 years, but he's never quite done anything. Um, but they have him penciled in as a starter to the point where they kept him in bubble wrap for the preseason games. He didn't play in preseason games. They're so confident about him. And then let's throw this name out there because this is fun. Cavante uh, Turpin, who if you paid attention to the USFL, that'll ring a bell. He was the USFL MVP. He's 5'7", 150 pounds. He's, he's your size, Tim. 5'7", 150. Neither one of those things are even close, are they? Not close at all. Well, he's, he's close to that. He's a smallish man. He is a brilliant return guy. I mean, he's Devin Hester-esque as a return guy. If you could ever get that going. And so good for the Cowboys. Now they don't have to use C.D. Lamb and waste C.D. Lamb as a punt returner. Uh, but, but can he play a little wide receiver? He did, obviously, in the USFL, and that's his position of choice. I wonder if the Cowboys can put him in the slot the way Cole Beasley once succeeded here uh, and not just have him be a gimmick guy. So Sunday night, that, that could be a fun surprise for America uh, watching on national TV. Uh, and I'll be there at AT&T Stadium, of course, with CowboysSI.com and with our YouTube channel, Fish Report. Cavante Turpin may be a fun little surprise name on ah. Sunday night. When Tyreek Hill came out many years ago, there were some similarities there. Yeah. Because Tyreek Hill, while he's really thick, he's a small man. It's a great point. And the other thing, that they both have, uh, they both had a domestic violence issue in their past. Turpin had that in college. That's why you've never heard of him. Um, it, it happened at TCU. He pled guilty. Uh, I'm, I'm told he's fixed a lot of things in his life. Good for him. And then uh, Tyreek, Something similar, but to your point, yes, Tyreek Hill is like 5'10, 185. He's 30 pounds heavier and three inches taller than this guy. But could he do some Devin Hester things? Could he do some Tyreek Hill things? You know, in Kansas City, Miko Hardman is kind of their junior Tyreek Hill now that he's gone. He's a little guy, and they find ways to use him as a wide receiver. Dallas needs outside weapons uh, because it's going to be really hard to run against Tampa Bay. That defensive front. Vita Vea and those guys, they just don't let you run, which is why if you recall game one of last year, Cowboys at Tampa, Cowboys lost 31 to 29 because they couldn't kick the football. Dak Prescott was required to attempt 58 passes in that game. Now he was outstanding. He was like 37 for 58 for 400 yards. But if you attempt 58 passes in, a, in an NFL game, you know what happens, don't you? Yeah. You lose. Yeah. Yeah, you're usually behind. Yeah, I haven't even looked it up, but I should. I should look up what is the record when teams attempt 58 passes. It's got to be you. You, you got to be a 90 percent loser when you do that. I think. You know how I remember that game, Tim? How? Dak Prescott was on my fantasy team. Wow, how fascinating! <laughs> <laughs> what are the expectations this year from the Dallas fandoms? The Jerry Jones bittersweet emotions about him. Are, that's an overriding thing here. Uh, there, there is still a lingering, you know, that bumpkin from Arkansas, uh, 32 years later, that still happens. There is still a, that SOB fired Jerry, uh, Jimmy Johnson, even though he didn't fire him. Jimmy Johnson quit. That's a fact. Google me. And, and then there's this idea. Well, there's two other things. One, he just won't shut up, which you know, I, I find uh, hilarious and charming, but it's not always football wise. Uh, and the other thing is the Cowboys have decided, and this is mostly his son, Stephen Jones, driving this, that salary cap wise, 
let's not shoot all our bullets. Let's keep bullets in reserve to keep your powder dry, as the Dallas Mavericks used to coin it. Um, because a couple years down the road, we're going to need to sign Micah and CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. So the Cowboys are sitting on $20 million of cap room that can carry over to future years. But Cowboy fans are going, but why don't you worry about 2026 in 2026? Let's go buy some players. And I happen to agree with the position of those Cowboy fans. I've had a conversation with Jerry not long ago. He says, uh, Mr. Mike, I still got that wildcat hair in me. And he, and he says that. But they're not doing that. Stephen Jones has his hands on the salary cap steering wheel here, much to the chagrin of many Cowboy fans. So, uh, you know, talking about the NF- NFC East, I was looking at the teams, and I don't know if any of them gotten better. Uh, Washington with uh, name Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz. I don't know. I mean, he might be okay. And then the, the Giants look like a – Well, I would, I would argue that the Eagles, the Eagles have shot their shot. The Eagles have done what Cowboy fans wish the Cowboys would have done. Um, they trade for A.J. Brown. They make two spectacular early picks. They just traded for the start, a starting quarterback from the Saints. Um, they're explosive on offense. Uh, their flaw, and Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, is, a, is an explosive player on offense too. But he's kind of a running back playing quarterback. If, if they somehow uh, unveil a Jalen Hurts who can be an NFL passer – which he has not been. And he wasn't a good college passer either. He's, he's a good college weapon and a good, and he's a good fantasy football guy to have. He scores points in fantasy football, but he's not a good thrower of the football or hasn't been. If they fix that, they can win the NFC East. If they don't fix it, the rest of their roster can be better than Dallas's, but this is a quarterback league. And if Jalen Hurts can't throw you to a win, then Philadelphia won't win enough games. Well, going into the season, then who do you who do you see coming out of the AFC and NFC end of the season? Uh, this looks like I'm just doing this now, but I picked Buffalo uh, before last night to go to the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl. The general manager is just right. The coach, who's a Buffalo guy, is just right. The roster is just right. That they they didn't even need Von Miller, and they got him anyway. They didn't need. They don't need Jamison Crowder, and and there he sits as their fourth receiver, and on and on it goes with their depth. They're playing without their best cornerback last night, and I don't even know if they anybody mentioned it on the national yeah. broadcast. Tre'Davious uh, White. That's because, a good point. I don't know. I mean, they gave up ten points. What difference does it make? They're playing rookies at cornerback. Their safeties are awesome. Um, the 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 Bills are loaded. The Chiefs will be fun to watch here. What will the Broncos do on Monday night with Russell Wilson? Um, we'll see. But but I don't think we need to see any more about the Buffalo Bills to make that a smart pick in the AFC. You guys? No, I agree I'd with agree. that. In fact, watching them last night, I kept reminiscing as like there's Thurman, there's Andre, there's Don Beebe, there's Jim yeah. Kelly. It, it reminds me of the team that I knew in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. that Now that team, unfortunately, lost four straight Super Bowls. With, Correct. And it's too bad. That is one of the greatest assemblages of football talent in the history of sports. And nobody cares. And, and even in Buffalo, where they care, they, they care for all the uh, uh, unfortunate reasons. But that was, that was quite a crew. And this is quite a crew, too. In the NFC, Tampa Bay is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, according to mybookie.com. Uh, that tells you what, what uh, Las Vegas thinks of them. Arizona's fun. 
Philadelphia's fun. Is Green Bay have anybody to throw to with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I, 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 I'm not counting, never counting them out. Dallas's talent base is good enough to contend. At least I think that. And again, in, in Dallas, inside the building here, they always think it. So you kind of go division by division and you end up, I think, back out West where the 49ers play a tough brand of football where even their wide receivers are tough guys. Uh, the, the Rams will rebound. Who are we leaving out here? 49ers, Rams, Cardinals, all in the same division. Is, does anybody push in that division the Packers? The Lions might not be terrible. Your Vikings. Yeah, never, never know what you're getting with the Vikings. They're always, they always, under uh, our friend Mike Zimmer, they always hovered around 500. Don't know how that changes. And then I, I saw somebody on ESPN pick the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. And that would mean they got to go up and over the Buccaneers in that division. And that, that means Jameis Winston is beating Tom Brady. And yeah. I would not put any money on that. So Jameis can, um, Jameis can have a lot of yards in the air because of the receivers they have and the running backs. But at the end of the day, you know, Tampa. Bay yeah. And, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, the weapon there. And then Michael Thomas is coming back, the weapon there. But Jameis Winston is going to, it's going to be hard to put behind the critics the fact that he not that long ago had a year where he had 30 touchdown passes and 30 interceptions all at the same time. That's that, that's not a Super Bowl quarterback to me. Well, I know we're short on time and I want to thank you for joining us for the first time back for the yes, uh, sir. Niagara Sports Hub. Before we let you go, though, I do want to check in. You're doing something with some replica Super Bowl rings that I think is really cool. Can you share with our listeners about that? Well, and of course, thanks to Niagara. Uh, and you guys, we do all kinds of fun giveaways here. This is something that I am doing at the Fish Report. So find us on YouTube if you're a football fan or a Cowboy fan. This is a box set of the Cowboys' five Super Bowl rings, replicas. They, uh, they're incredible. Starting from scratch about a year and a half ago, we now have 55,000 subscribers, Cowboy fans, NFL fans. It's free to subscribe. And everybody who subscribes is eligible to win these five Cowboys Super Bowl rings. Um, so find Fish Report on social media, on YouTube, register. I think you'll like, if you're a football fan, you'll like it. If you're a Cowboy fan, you'll love it. And all you have to do is be registered and you have a chance to win. By the way, starting next week, we're going to give away an autographed C.D. Lamb Cowboys helmet. Uh, and that's that's courtesy of Prestige Auction. So uh, we got all kinds of stuff. Uh, incredible guests come on our show. All the Cowboys players, uh, old and new, come on our show. So Fish Report on YouTube, and we'd love to see you there. Well, and we'll we'll have some guests throughout the season on Niagara Sports Hub as well, yes. and we'll have plenty of giveaways. And like I said, uh, if you're serious into plumbing and you're a serious professional, go to pro.niagaracorp.com. And by the way, I know that you guys think I'm a fancy sports media guy. My family all came up in the plumbing business in Minnesota. That rigid hat that you're wearing – that, I mean, that, that makes it's, it, first of all, it's kind of cool, but it makes me feel like it's like 1970. <laughs> there you go. That's there what we go. wore rigid. We had the calendars, we had the hats, we had the whole thing. So, so plumbing is in my blood, even though uh, I'm a, a fake hotshot sports guy now. Well, right on. Thanks for joining us, Mike. We look forward to the new season, you know, talking football and, and other topical sports that come up. Thank you so Thanks, much. Until next time. See ya. Thanks, Mike.